We hope you enjoy this message from St. Martin C3, a location of C3 Church, Christchurch. At the end of the uh, Sydney Olympic Games, do you remember the Sydney Olympics? It was in the year 2000, um, if you're old enough to remember all that. And um, the highlight of the Olympic opening ceremony was a fireworks display in Sydney Harbour. You remember that? They had all these barges, massive fireworks. And then this word got lit up across the Sydney Harbour Bridge. Can anyone tell me what it was? Any? Eternity. And I thought, I, I didn't know the story behind this, and I thought, that's a really interesting word to display across the Sydney Harbour Bridge to billions of people all around the world that are watching this. And the reason they did that is it's well known in Sydney that this guy, Arthur Stace, Christian, got up at four o'clock every morning for 35 years, got a piece of chalk, and he went through the streets of Sydney and wrote on the pavements in, in beautiful script the word eternity. Just that one word. Now, why did he do that? He did it because he heard a message from a preacher many years before that talked about eternity and how we need to live for eternity. And he was encouraging all his other Sydney siders to do exactly the same. And it's just become now folklore in, in, in Sydney culture. I don't know if it, how many people it's affected, but I think good on this guy for just being so obedient to what God had called him to do. But it highlights a very important thing that I want to talk about today, that we all need to live for eternity. But Why? Why is eternity such a big deal? Now, because some people would go, well, does it even exist? Like, why? Maybe, maybe some Christians believe in eternity just because they kind of want this comfort that when someone close to them dies, that they go to heaven. But maybe it's just an idea in their heads. Is there any substance to this idea? Well, absolutely there is. As Christians, we believe in eternity and all the events around eternity because it is real because Jesus proved it to be real. Come with me today to John chapter 11. And here is an interesting example of Jesus doing an incredible miracle. Probably one of, maybe his greatest miracle that he did for somebody else. What happens in this account is that Lazarus, his good friend, dies. And by the time that he gets there, it's now four days later. And of course, Martha and others um, who are there are grieving. They're, you know, this is, this is a tragedy. They, 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 their hearts are broken. And as Jesus arrives on the scene, he meets Martha, who's Lazarus' sister. And Martha's distraught. But Jesus goes up to her and he says this, Martha, your brother will rise again. Now, before we go on to the next verse, let's just pause there and kind of get what Jesus is saying here. Jesus is saying to her, your brother will rise again. In other words, what Jesus is teaching is that there is life after death. 
Now, just like today, that was actually controversial in Jesus' day. Not everyone agreed with that conclusion, but he was very, very clear on it. Actually, most of Jesus' teaching had that as a framework of the kingdom of God and life after death and avoiding hell and going to heaven. It was kind of the, his main message. So he encourages Martha, and he's, he's saying, hey, after being three years around my teaching, you know this, Martha, your brother Lazarus will have life after he dies. And Martha answered in verse 24, I know he will rise again in the resurrection on the last day. So what Martha's saying is, hey, I believe this. I agree with you, Jesus, that there is life after death. There is this resurrection that God brings us back from death to life with him. And then Jesus says this very interesting line. Verse 25, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? And then Martha does, and then she says she believes this. And a whole lot of other events happen. And a, a few verses later, you can read the story. Jesus tells Lazarus to come out. And everyone's going, whoa, okay, hang on, Jesus. <laughs> you know, This guy's been dead for four days. Like, we don't have chemicals to pump in his body and all that sort of thing. You know, like, it's, it's not going to be pleasant. This is the Middle East. It's been like 40 degrees for the last four days. He is going to smell. Like, this is, this is not going to be good. Like, it's not like, you know, you could explain this miracle away with, you know, oh, maybe he, you know, just had a mishap and, you know, he came back to life after 10 minutes. No, no, this is four days. And Jesus says, Lazarus, come forward. And he does. He, he, he walks out of the tomb alive. That is incredible. Like that alone, that miracle alone, if you were there, you would go, wow, this, this changes everything. But the point that Jesus is making here is not only that there is life after death, and not only just that event alone would prove that there is life after death, the other thing that Jesus proves here is that he has the power to give life after death. Now, there's two different things going on there, and it's really important to, to, to see the difference. It's one thing to say that there is life after death and actually see come people, people come back from the dead and go, okay, there must be life after death. That's one thing to say that, but another thing to actually control that. Like, you and I can't do that. Like, well, you and I, I don't know about you, but I haven't brought anyone back from the, from the dead, you know? So Jesus has the power to do this. He proves that he has the power to do that. And not only with the resurrection of Lazarus, but as we will celebrate next week's Sunday, the amazing thing that Jesus does is he brings himself back from death. And he never dies again. He brings himself back from death. He conquers death. And then, and then he gets ascended to heaven, and he is still in heaven. In other words, he is still alive, and he will return. Now, all of this proves that God has the power to give us life after death, and that there is life after death. So we don't believe it as Christians because we go, oh, well, it's a really nice idea, and it comforts us in our grief. No, this one truth, this one very powerful truth, 
that, that we could anchor our lives on, which Arthur Stace anchored his life on, is incredibly life-changing. Because if eternity is real, if we go to heaven after we die, and we live forever in eternity, well, that changes the whole way we live our lives now, does it not? Like, surely we want to make sure we get there. <laughs> that's, that's probably the most important thing. And in this series, just a series of two leading up to Easter, we're looking at this point, the good news. What is the good news and what makes it so good? And Fraser did a great job last week at looking at that the good news is good because it changes our status before God right now. Like right today, our our relationship with God can change. He can free us from sin. He can make us right with God. We get to walk in that freedom and overcome sin in our life and walk the life that God has called us to walk. That is good news, is it not? Yeah, it's good news. It's good news in the present. But not only has the good news got a present now dimension to it, it's got a future dimension to it. It not only changes our life now, but it changes the life that we can have in eternity. So what is the good news that Jesus brought about heaven? What is the good news about our future? The good news is that we get to choose heaven. We can actually choose to go there. See, we were all destined to hell. Now, we may not like that idea, but that's just the reality of it. We all as humanity rebelled against God and we went our own way. And and Jesus, when he was teaching about it, he says, it's like a highway. It's like we're all just driving down the highway, enjoying it, going, man, this is a great road. I can drive it 100 kilometers an hour. It's easy. I'm just cruising along. Don't know where it goes, but hey, it's a good road, so I'll take it. And everyone's going along with us. And, And the problem is, at the end of the road is destruction. At the end of the road is a life and eternity without God. And Jesus says, actually, there's another little, like, four-wheel drive track. <laughs> yes, it's to, out, off to the side. That's the one that you're meant to be on. It's a tougher road. <laughs> it's a tougher road. But it takes you to God. It takes you to heaven. And this is... It, and, and, and Tim's going, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It does. Sometimes it takes you into rivers that you can get stuck in and you, you can't get out of. Here's, here's, here's one of the ways that Jesus expresses this. If you look at the Sermon on the Mount, you know, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Now, people enjoy reading through Matthew 5, 6, and 7 because they go, oh, you know, it tells us to love our enemies and not judge people. And it's got lots of practical advice of how to live our lives. But if you look at the context of how Jesus is presenting all these life-changing truths, it's all in the context of eternity. It's all in the context of making sure you go to heaven and you don't go to hell. He's going, that's the main thing. Let me give you one example, Matthew chapter 5, and the context here is don't commit adultery. And everyone goes, yeah, that's a good idea. We shouldn't commit adultery. And this is, but he adds to it. He says this, Matthew chapter 5, verse 29, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out and throw it away. 
This is in the Bible. You know, like, you go, really? Did he say that? It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. Throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. What Jesus is saying here is that eternity is so important. I mean, going to heaven and avoiding hell is so critical. You've got to get this right. That even if you maim yourself to get there, just do it. Because that's eternity. Now, okay. Let me just qualify that here. I am not advocating that you cut off limbs of your body, okay? The point that Jesus is making here is that you do whatever it takes. That's the point. Like, let, let me use another example. If I came to you today and I said this, I said, look, I'll give you a choice. You can have one day where you're as healthy and as strong as you'll ever be. You'll be just like uber fit and strong and, you know, in really good health. You can do whatever you want for one day, but the rest of your life, you'll have really poor health. Or I can switch it around. You can have one day with COVID, <laughs> you know, or one day where you're miserable. You've got a fever, you're stuck in bed, you've got really bad health, but I guarantee after that day for the rest of your life, you'll be healthy. You'll be healthy and strong and fit, and you'll never be sick again. What one are you going to choose? Obviously, you're going to choose like one day of sickness for a lifetime of health. And that's, what, that's the point that, that Jesus is making here, is that your lifetime here, the 70, 80, 90, 100 years that you have, in Logan's case, 130, you can talk to him about that later. Um, <laughs> and, and however long that's going to be, it's just a blip compared to eternity. If 99.99999% of your life is going to be an eternity, then make sure you're living this life in light of sorting that one out. And what Jesus is saying is that eternity is real. And that's one of the very important messages that we need to present when we're presenting the good news to the world around us. In a world that goes... Yeah, you Christians, you know, you believe in all these weird ideas. No, no, no. We believe in what Jesus proved to be real. And what he proved to be real was life after death. Have you sorted that out for yourself? It's one of the, the biggest questions that we have to grapple with in our lives. Where will we spend eternity? And on that one, if you're listening to this today, whether you're here in this room or you're joining us online, can I share a very important scripture with you? John 3.16 says this, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He gave us Jesus, as we celebrated before in communion, to die on our behalf. Why? So that whoever believes in him will not perish, will not go to hell, but have eternal life. They will go to heaven. There is only one way to heaven, and it's not trying to be good enough. And it's not relying on what family you were born into or what church you go to. That actually counts for nothing. The only thing that counts is you putting your trust in what Christ has done for you. And if you want to do that today, 
I actually want to pause just in the middle of this sermon, and we're going to pray into that. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you that you came and you gave us the choice to go to heaven. You gave us the choice to have eternal life with you. Lord, we thank you that that is incredibly good news. When we appreciate that hell is real and we're all destined to go there, you giving us the choice to go to heaven is the greatest news that we can ever hear. And I pray that whoever is listening to this today, if we haven't made that choice to follow you, we haven't made that choice to repent of our sin, turn from our sin, and to choose to give you full control of our lives. Lord, I pray you give us the courage to do that today. Anyone who is listening here today, I pray, as they make that choice, that you would come and meet with them in their hearts and give them the assurance that eternal life is now theirs. Their eternity is secure. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And if, if, you, if that really spoke to you, if that's a prayer that you're going, man, actually, I hadn't prayed a prayer like that, and I, that was really important for me to do, can you come and chat to me afterwards? I'd really like to have a conversation with you. It would be really good. Right, now I'm realizing that time is flying, and I've got, I'm about halfway. So we're going we're gonna to really rip through this. The... The important thing about eternity, the good news, what makes eternity or what makes heaven so good is not just that we get there. That's an important dimension of the good news, that we kind of get our ticket, so to speak, to heaven and we get to go to heaven and we don't go to hell. But what is, what is so good about heaven? Like, is it something worth going to? Because sometimes you get these ideas about heaven that it's like clouds and like cherub-type people with harps and things like that, and you just float around for eternity or whatever. And, and I don't know about you, but I kind of look at that and go, man, if that's heaven, oh, yeah, it's, it's actually not that appealing, actually. No, no, no. There is some, the life of heaven as Jesus described it, and as the New Testament um, took the teaching of Jesus and explained it further, is a place that you really want to go. Here's the first thing we know about heaven. Heaven is good. Heaven is perfect. Why? Because God is perfect. He is holy. That means there's no evil in heaven. There's no bad in heaven. There's no need for cops anymore. I'm sorry, Logan, in heaven. There is, you are in a perfect environment. Just think about that. Think about the last time you were in an environment, maybe it was, I don't know, a, a family gathering that went really well or, or whatever. Just, just I don't know, a, a really good day that you've had lately. And you just go, man, I don't know if life can get much better than this. I, I hope you've had one of those days sometime in the last few years. And, and you go, man, if this could continue. Well, okay, heaven's kind of like that. It's perfect. It's good. And because you are entering into a perfect environment, God needs your character, your value system, your morals, everything about you, your outlook, the way you think, the way you act. He needs that to be perfect as well. 
Because when you think about it, if you're coming in to a perfect environment, you don't want to be the person that mucks that up, right? No. You don't want to be that guy. And so make sure that when you're going into eternity, when you're going into heaven, you have your heart in the right place. And how is that achieved? It's achieved through following Jesus because Jesus is holy and he's the one that makes us holy and prepares us for heaven. And when we get there, there won't be that sense of, hey, I'm not good enough because that won't be in heaven. But there will be a sense of, oh, I'm home. This, 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 is, this is how I always wanted life to be. So that's one good thing about heaven. Here's another interesting aspect of heaven that we see in the scriptures, is that our relationships in heaven are far deeper than they are here on earth. Very interesting um, teaching that Jesus has on this when he's questioned about whether heaven is real or not. They try and trap him and say, but hang on a minute, but if you have multiple marriage partners in this life for whatever reason, and then you get to heaven, well, who are you married to? Now, Jesus' response to that was really fascinating. He says, don't worry about it. There's no marriage in heaven. And everyone's like, you know, like, hang on a minute. Isn't marriage of God? Isn't, you know, I just need to grab another glass of water. Um, isn't, isn't marriage all good and is, isn't of God? Can't, wouldn't that also be in heaven? But think about it. Why would there be no marriage in heaven? There's no marriage in heaven because every relationship that we have in heaven is closer than even a marriage relationship is here on earth. That's pretty spinny when you think about it, isn't it? That's amazing. Think about this. There's no conflict. There's no pretense. You are completely who you are meant to be in heaven. And you will be completely honest and real with everyone around you. You know how you go, man, I I wouldn't want people to know this about me. Well, guess what? In heaven, everyone knows everything. There's nothing, nothing hidden in heaven. All the more reason to get your heart right, eh? Like, you know, you want to get things sorted, eh? And the thing is, when we get to heaven, we are in these relationships where we are so connected to everyone. Everyone's your bestie, you know? Everyone's your best friend in heaven. Real community. We get a taste of community here on earth, but real community is in heaven. So, Heaven's the best atmosphere that you could possibly imagine. Closer relationships than you could ever imagine. Here's the third one. When you're in heaven, and I I haven't actually got a word for this. There's actually not an English word for this, so I'll say it this way. In heaven, you reach your full potential. Now, that sounds really self-help, but so I need to explain it a little bit. Like, God has gifted you a certain way, right? Some of you are incredible artists. Quite a few of you are incredible engineers. Um, there is a number of you that manage people really well or nurture children really well. God is giving each one of us incredible gifts. Now, have a think about this. In heaven, you, that gift will be fully formed and expressed and the opportunity for you to live and do that forever. That thing that gives you fulfillment you'll be able to do it forever. How do we know this? In Matthew chapter 25, 
Jesus gives a parable about talents. He says, I, I give these things to you. Now, I want you to multiply them. And then when it, this parable is set in the context of eternity, in the life to come, you will be given even more of that. And you actually use whatever I've given you to influence others. And God's actually watching us now as to how he, what we're doing with what he's given us so that we can take that into eternity. I, when, I, when I was preparing this, I was going, man, there's a whole message on this that we need to explore later on. But just for today, this is a bit of an overview to look at why is heaven so good? Heaven's so good because the environment is perfect. The community is the way that God wants community to be. And who you are is fully who you are supposed to be. Heaven is a creative amazing, expressive place. A place where you want to be. A place where you will grow. That might mess with some theologians out there, but I, I, I'll give you some evidence if you want to come and talk to me. It's a place where you'll still grow. It's a place where you'll still influence others. It's not boring, okay? Hell is a place you want to avoid. There is this myth in modern culture that People go, oh, I'd rather go to hell, that's where the party's going to be. Oh, no, no, no. Let's, let's just be really clear on what the Bible says about hell. Hell is a place where you are alone. You are alone. Yes, there are other people there, but there is no connection with them. You are alone. There is no party in hell. You will live with the torment of regret. Why didn't I do this? How do I know that? We can look through your devotional notes this week and you can see another parable that Jesus told of a guy, who, a rich man that ends up in hell and he ends up living a life of regret. Hell, in hell there is no life, there is no hope. There is just an existence of loneliness and regret. I don't want to live there for eternity. I want to choose heaven. I want to... I want to know God up close and personal. I want to know all those around me up close and personal. I want to experience the life that God always created us to live. That's the good news of eternity. And it's a good news. It's a message that's worth sharing with those around us. And one of the most important messages of this, like Arthur Stace reminded all those in Sydney of, is don't forget about eternity. Live for eternity. There is a good heaven to strive for and a hell to avoid. And sometimes I think as a Christian church, we've kind of let that, that message of eternity wane a little bit, and we need to bring it front and center again. The good news changes our life in the here and now. Yes, absolutely. But it also changes our life for eternity. Thanks for listening to this week's message. To learn more about our church, visit c3chch.org.